Hello and you're very welcome to this week's Roscommon uh, GA Memories with myself, Aidan Raffi, and of course, as always, uh, Ray Lennon, former Roscommon uh, goalkeeper. Uh, you're very welcome to the show. So we're covering, uh, we're covering Parik Pierce's 1984 uh, county final win over four odds, and uh, as is always the case between these two clubs, a very feisty affair. It was a great game, Aidan, yeah, and uh, it was the historic centenary County Hurland final between Parik Pierce's contesting their first ever final, Aidan, against the aristocrats, if you like, four roads. They wear the black and amber like Kilkenny, and you could say they are the Kilkenny of Roscom and Hurland, uh, producing so many teams over the years, and they have 34 titles uh, to their credit, and of course they were county champions um, last year, so, so they've they're, they're the great team in Roscommon Four Roads and they won the 1989 Connor Senior Club Championship final to beat Abbey Nakmoy in a, in a thrilling game. So, Parik Pierce's Aiden uh, came up against them on the 9th of September 1984 in the centenary Roscommon Senior Hurling final at Dr. Hyde Park. And it was a very windy day and it ended up... It's Park- kind of poignant when, when you say that because, I mean, they won their county final there last weekend in Dr. Hyde Park as well. I mean, as as a, yeah, Parry Pierce's, you know, so it, it's kind of, it's a coincidence, isn't it, that both games were played in, in Dr. Hyde Park? I, I'd say, it's fair to say that most Parry Pierce's fans, if they had a choice, they'd play their hurling matches um, in Hyde Park as well as their football games, you know, because yeah. Hyde Park is a very happy hunting ground for Parry Pierce's hurling team and especially, yeah. especially it evokes memories of that great victory they had in 1984 at their first attempt at um, winning their first county championship uh, in their first final against the best team in Roscommon over you know over the century over since the GA founded was founded uh, four roads 34 titles now I think next in line is at League of 24 and um, Parry Pierce's have, have four now but last Sunday as well Parry Pierce's turned in a, an, an inspirational performance, a brilliant performance uh, after extra time to beat that league. So it's nice to go back and see where it all started for Parry Pierce's as a great Hurland club as they are now. You know, they really are a phenomenal team. The players they have all over the field, you know, like you see Shane Nocton last Sunday, uh, Daniel Flynn, you know, Cahill Kelly, uh, Oshin Kelly Jr., you know, Aaron Feely, or not Aaron Feely, but Leon Feely and Adam Finnerty tremendous uh, players all over the field and I suppose they, 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 like every club team that we have nowadays Aiden, they all stand on the shoulders of giants and the giants in, in terms of Parik Pierce's uh, hurling story are the team of 1984 which captured okay. the Roscommon Championship uh, on a windy day in on the 9th of September 84 in the centenary final in a, in a great encounter against four roads Aiden, would you believe we're going for four in a row at the, on the day they were going for four in a row, and it was Pierce's first ever appearance in the final. And uh, they won. Pierce's won every game in their group and every game on the way to the championship. So Pierce's won every match in 1984 as well. And it was their first year, I think, in the championship. They had just come together as a team, but they had phenomenal players as well. We go through the players in, in a few minutes, but some great experienced players that went on, you know, to be great hurlers again, you know, in, in later years when they won again in 87 and some great footballers there as well, like Aidan Dooley that played for Oscommon in the 1980 All-Ireland Final. That's it. And I suppose really that that's the reason why I suppose it's such a happy hunting ground for Parry Pierce is, is um, I suppose when you compare, and it's probably unfair to 
compared the two pitches, but um, you know what, league is a lovely pitch to play on as well, but it's a tighter pitch than High Park. I think, you know, it's a, a, Dr. High Park is a wider pitch, so it, it um it probably suits uh, it probably suits Parry Pearson's style of play, you know, because they they have the space. And that, as we saw, we say compared to that, the weekend just gone when we when we were covering the the, the final against that league, is uh, you know there was a lot of uh, great scores taken, uh, you know, from far out and near out, goal chances. It had everything, and I think that was. Uh, you know, the wide pitch played its part in that, and I'm sure it would have been the same back in 1984 when uh, Parry Pierce has won that day. And you, you heard there after the game when we spoke to Seamus Clower, you know, Seamus is a great stalwart of Roscommon GA and for Parry Pierce is over so many years. And Seamus, uh, you know, I, I experienced meeting Seamus as under 16, he was an under 16 selector, under 18, under 21 selector, and a, a great guy has given so much to, to Parry Pierce as a club, his own club, but also he's given so much to Roscommon as well and he was commenting after the game to Ross FM Aiden when we spoke to him that the the, yeah. the the wider and longer pitch in Hyde Park was a dream for Parry Pierce is that yeah. they're a young team they've lots of legs lots of running in them and that he felt that that would suit them they felt themselves before the game that it would suit them and, and so it was when they got back to 15 players in isn't it funny when Pierce's got back to 15 players in extra time, there was no real stopping them. You know, they were, they were, they were a lot more superior than that league in extra time. Like the goal chances opened up for them and they got the couple of goals. Now, not te- taken away from that league, they, they were great as well. And Ben McGahan was outstanding. Like Pat Nolan was outstanding. You know, the Damon Flanagan, excellent. Dave Connell in goals was brilliant as well. That's the top performers. But I think yeah. if Pierce's didn't go down to 14 men, this is my own opinion, I think they probably would have won the game in normal time. That's my own opinion based on what I saw next time. But I know it's 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 only an, a subjective opinion. But credit to to um, at league, they were phenomenal as well and, and showed why they were great champions in, in 2018. And it's hard luck on them yeah. to lose two finals now in a row. They lost to four roads last year. So it's, it's difficult, it. you know, for them. You, your heart goes out. To, lo- to lose a Absolutely. county final is a, is a, is a dreadful experience, you know, but... Two count finals in a row as well. I mean, and uh, but uh, I suppose we alluded to it during the, during the game as well that you, you know they it was you know the the, the Pierce's were just uh, you know they were just uh, very business like you know especially when they went down to to fifteen men. I suppose really there was a combination of you know Paul Pierce's dug deep and uh, you know they, they looked nearly like they had the extra man rather than. What? A man down, what? and also maybe I suppose really you know as as we just said that league played their part and was it was an epic county final, one of the best county finals I've seen in years. But I suppose really it was they weren't kind of sure how to use that extra man, and maybe um, I suppose in the second half maybe if they had brought the extra man, used the extra man up front, maybe they might have got. Those score, the scores that have made might have made a difference, but you know, in all fairness to them, they were they were they were very good on the day at league were. They were indeed, and like Pat Nolan did gather an awful lot of good possession in there, you know, and like Cormac Kelly battled around the midfield. Like some people, it's hard to know. Do you play the extra man as a sweeper at the back? Um, and collected the spare balls. Like, not forgetting Tom, Tomas Bannon. He was terrific, yeah. Aiden. He was back, absolutely yeah. brilliant. Especially as the game wore on, he got more and more into it, you know. Like, a lot of sports, you see, we, we've spoken about this before in soccer, Gaelic football and rugby, that the midfield battle is so key, you know, who wins the ball around the middle. Hurling, 
it's still important, but the ball bypasses midfield a lot in hurling. But still, you wonder if, if, if it's only an opinion that if you put the spare man around the middle of the field and, 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 and help around the middle, would, would, would they have got more out of that? Do you know, it's only a, yeah. a proposition and put it forward because midfield is such a key area. And, uh, like when, when the ball did break in the middle of the field, it was, I suppose, it's, it's a question. You could say like Pat Nolan got a, a tremendous amount of ball in, and still he was the spare man at the back, and like at league never really looked like scored or, or conceding a goal when they were down to fourteen men, you know. Um, yeah. You know, but uh, it's always a question for football managers in any sport what to do with extra man, and how many times and how often have we seen in sport over the years where ten men in football, soccer or forty men in Gaelic have won big big games? Like you take take for example. Uh, in Dublin and Galway in 1983, there was 12 Dublin players against 14 Galway, and Dublin won that game. Um, like, take 1985 FA Cup final, Kevin Morgan was sent off. You know, Man United were down to 10 men, and they beat, they beat Everton. Norman Whiteside scored a goal. But you see 14 men uh, playing better uh, very, very often. Because I remember being on a team, minor team, in my own club one time, and we had a player sent off. And there's something about it. When you have a player that goes yeah. off, and... It just drives everybody that extra five or ten percent. It just gives you this this sort of. It's not like a, you're angry, Anton. You just know you have to up the game. You just know that yeah. you you have to make up for that extra player, and you're prepared to give that extra bit. And I think as well, when you have a man sent off, it galvanizes your your teammates, galvanizes the supporters, and you you some switch goes off in your head saying we have to work hard. Or harder, our work rate must go up. Our level of commitment and our level of determination goes up. And also, you're now not expected to win the game if you're down yeah. down a man. And then the pressure is off. Exactly, the pressure yeah. is off to a certain extent because I mean, you know, I, I know what you, you mean there because I mean, in 1992, uh, you know, it was on the minor Gales minor squad that we we bet St Dominic's in the final, and uh, after 15 minutes, I suppose Park Morality was kind of pulling up Michael McHale and. They said that, you know, throughout the first 15 minutes, and uh, Michael McHale reacted and, uh, got sent off after 15 minutes in the first half. So you could, you could imagine, you could imagine how kind of hard that would have made the rest of the, yeah. the rest of the game. But, you know, in fairness to, you, you know, we, we did well. Like we were, uh, we were actually behind going into injury time in the end of the second half. And, um, I think, oh no, it was level going in. And, uh, we just had that thanks to Alan Nolan. And, you know, we just dug deep and the, with the last kick of the game scored a point. So, you know, you know, it's a lot of people think, oh, it's a huge disadvantage, but it's, it's how, it's how you react, like you just said. Um, you know, I suppose you can go two ways. You can either let it get to you and, you know, it annoys you psychologically and it drags you down or else you can, you can grab it by, grab the devil by the tail, so to speak, and, uh, just get on with it and, Kind of be, I suppose, uh, you know, because you're a man down, it doesn't mean you're going to lose it. It just means you have to play differently and be more intelligent when you do have the ball. Yeah, I think that game was down in Elfinian, if not mistaken. That's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a great game. It was actually mm. before the senior final that day as well. Yeah, yeah. that was a Strokes Town versus Common Gales match as well, wasn't it? Strokes Town. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, but but it'd be interesting now to um, to look at. Games, even do a study of games where 14 men prevailed. I'm trying to think of other matches, uh, like where 10 men won or 14 men uh, won in Gaelic or even in rugby. But there's so many of them out there. But just they're the two games that come to mind. You know, the the, the Man United beaten beaten Everton because it was the first time ever a player was sent off in an FA Cup final. Kevin Morden was sent off for pulling down Peter Reid. 
And then the oh. 83 final was, was, um, it was a game where, where, you know, there was a lot of foul play in it, like in Dublin, a three men sent off and Tomás Tierney was unlucky to be sent off for Galway. But coming back to, um, Pierce's in 84 in, like, yeah. this, this is a great team. I suppose these are legends in Pierce's club because they were the first team to win a Roscommon Senior Championship, you know, which is always a massive historic moment for any club, you know, to, 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 to break through and, and to beat a great team like St. Brit- like Four Roads. And, uh, like Four Roads are like the Clan Gale to football, I suppose. And Kilkenny, as I, I, I alluded to earlier. But Parry Pierce is saying, the reports were saying that they were the better side on the day. And they would not have been flattered if the margin of victory was greater. They said yeah. it was an exciting, entertaining and sporting game, played in a great spirit. And they said the wind was a big, big factor. The Pierce supporters came more in hope than expectation because it was their first ever final against, you know, the team that that, uh, that had, 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 had won so much, the great four roads. And uh, the, the Pierce's fans celebrated a famous occasion, and uh, the, the paper said that for, uh, Pierce has deserved their one-point victory. It was a 1-7 to 2-3 victory, 10 points to 9. So anything, yeah. other, anything other than a Pierce's win would have been an injustice to a team uh, not in the least bit overawed by the renown of their opponents for Rhodes. And they went on, Pierce's went on, to fashion their club's first and most famous win at the first attempt with a display brimful of spirit, grit and no little skill. So that's some compliment, isn't it? Like, you know, to yeah. a team, you know, in their first ever final against the best and they, they go with no, you know, fear. They know they played with abandon, they played with a great excitement and skill and spirit and determination. So Well that's it, because I suppose really, you know, when I suppose and you hear a lot of captains and players saying that when you get to a final you really have to perform, especially for a team when it's your first final, because you know you you're, you really need to produce the goods on the day. Not not not. I mean, I don't mean that to, like as in putting pressure on a, a team that's where it's their first thing, where it's their first appearance. But you know, from the point of view that you know you, you don't want to you don't want to leave your first final having left, go off the pitch having left. You know, I suppose a lot of you, you know the way you could say, oh, well, geez, I should have done this or should have done that. You don't want to be going off the pitch on uh, county final day with those regrets. So you ha- if you give it 110% and leave everything out on the pitch, because you never know, you never know when you'll be, when you'll get back to a county final because it's so competitive in Roscommon, in Roscommon, uh, it's hard enough to get to county finals. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it could be four odds this year, it could be four odds and at least this year it could be Born and Pierce's next year, you, you know, and it could be another couple of years before a team gets to it again. So you, you just want to give it everything on the, on that day because you don't know when it's going to be, when you're going to be there again. Absolutely. And, and like Johnny Giles always used to say that the, the top players, the great players, the Zinedine Zidane's, you know, the, you know, the Roy Keane's, the top, top players in football, like Maradona, they always do, he says, their stuff on the big occasion the top players the yeah. great players you know when the going gets tough the tough get going and when when the they going step up to the mark they do the great players throughout history like in Roscommon with the Jerry O'Malley's the Dermot Earley's you know the top players you know you see it, you know even with the Dublin players now Johnny, you know Jack McCaffrey like Jack O'Shea all the top players whenever the big prizes were on offer you see the top players coming to the fore 
You know, we spoke yeah. pre- previously, like in, in 98 Galway, for example, when they were going well, like Jack, um, Parik Joy scored 11 points in the 2001 final against Mead, you know, which is incredible. Like Jack Fallon, mm. Jack Fallon in 98, like it's like they preserved their best performances to the very end, you know, they were, as the tournament went on, same with Zidane in, 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 in tournaments as well, for, for, um, for um, France, when France were going to the World Cup finals in, in 98 and 2006, in particular Zidane in 2006, he was, his performances were outstanding in the quarter-final, semi-final, they beat Spain, they beat Brazil, and then they lost Italy in a penalty shootout and Zidane got sent off, but his performances were incredible, he just dragged that team to the final there, almost on his own, and um, so the top, top players preserved their, their top performances for the final, and in this instance with Pierces, they had great performances from the goalkeeper Tom Shocknessy, who got, was the captain and man of the match, he made some tremendous saves. Tom Costello in the half back line, Ronnie Dooley and Aidan Dooley in the forwards, um, and Johnny Johnston as well. Aidan, they, they were yeah. really, really good. And Tony Frehel at fullback, they were they were tremendous as well as Alfie Barrett up front, Alfie Barrett. So like they're the Pierce's guys who really, you know, they're leaders of the team. The top players that had rose to the occasion and carried their team, well, led their team to the championship, along with the other players, not taken away from all the other players, but every team has five or six leaders that have to play well if a team has any chance of winning the final. And, and they just stand out. They do, yeah. They're your leaders. You expect them. If you, if you have your top mm. players playing well, it, it's like a rising tide. It lifts all boats. It brings everybody else with them. And sometimes you see a team in a final where they might not perform and they don't perform because their top players aren't performing. And, and that's always a problem. But, the, the, again, the report said Aidan, it was a deserved one-point win. Anything other than a win for Pierce's would have been an injustice or a travesty. And uh, it was fashioned, they fashioned their first ever victory. Now, four roads were forced Aidan to line out without their star halfback player, Michael Connolly. But they would have been hard-pressed, you know, to, to, to uh, find excuses for this unlikely upset. So Pierce's, the game itself, Pierce's were four points up after 15 minutes. And that was four points before four roads got their only score of the first half. Now, the first minute of the game, Tom Costo scored from play. Then Ronnie Dooley got a point from play. Then Aidan Dooley hit two points in a row to put Pierce's four points ahead. Then, just a measure of the Pierce's dominance, Aidan, they hit 12 wides in the first half. So the report says if the Pierce's forwards were on form, the game would have been over at half time. They hit 12 wides, which is an incredible wide count. You know, just but it's a measure of the dominance they had. So after 15 minutes, Patsy Kelly um, scored a goal for uh, four roads, and he took a pass from Paddy Dolan. And I said it was the only four roads scored in the first half. And like Paddy Dolan was one of Roscommon's best players ever in hurling, and that great team Roscommon had in the 80s. You know, with Paddy Dolan and. Uh, other players that, you know, they beat Wexford in the Centenary Cup. They lost Cork then after, but they almost got promoted to Division 1. They were a tremendous team. Um, Paddy Dolan was probably the star performer. You know, Anthony Flaherty there, the the, the former referee there from Mad League, he was a great player for Roscommon as well. And Harry Crowley from Orden was a great player. You know, Winston Deppen, the goalkeeper, Frank, Frank Harkins, he was the goalie. He was from um, Ballygar. But there were there some great, great players um the, the Frank Carty, of course, from Four Roads as well. He played in this final. So Roscommon had a great team in the in the in the eighties, and Paddy Dolan, I think, played on the Connacht team as well for for years with the rest of the Galway lads. You know, so so Patsy Kelly scored a goal for Orden uh, for Four Roads to make it four points to 
pierces a goal to four roads after 15 minutes. And as I said, um, the four roads, the forwards then got on top and they missed some chances. And Tom Shocknessy, the Pierce's goalkeeper, captain and man of the match, made some fantastic saves. Especially the report talks about a save he made from PJ Morden early in the half. So Tom Shocknessy was the hero of the hour for, for Pierce's along with the rest of the lads. So as I said, he was the captain, he got man of the match. And there was a great picture of him receiving the, the cup, you know, from the, the chair, vice chairman of, vice president of the Roscommon Hurling Board at the time, a man by the name of Michael J. Lane. So, Pierce has scored three more points, Aidan, in the first half from Aidan Dooley, Alfie Barrett, and Ronnie Dooley. And that made it seven points to Pierce's, a goal to four roads at half time. But it, I suppose any neutral observer looking on that day would have said, well, Pierce's are after having the breeze. They're after shooting 12 wides. They're only four points up against, you know, the great four roads. So four roads would have been the favourites to go ahead and win the game in the second half, in, you know. Yeah. And especially four roads had the breeze in the second half, which which is another factor. And we all know how, how important the breeze is in, 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 the, in, in football in Ireland. And the, it looked ominous for, for, for Pierce's because not long after half time, in early in the second half, Paddy Dolan scored a goal for four roads and they looked like they were going to be the centenary champions, a four in a row title. But with the Pierce's half back line of Tom Costello, Paddy Carty and Johnny Johnston on top, four roads found it hard to get scores after that. So at this stage it's seven points to two goals. So it's a testament really to their defence then on the day, wasn't it? Oh, absolutely. Like You see there like the, the half-back line, Tom Costello, uh, Paddy Carty and, and Johnny Johnston like on top. Like You saw the half-back line last week for for um, for, for uh, Pierce's like of Owen Costello, Shane Nocton and um, Matthew, I think, Comerford. Was it Comerford? Was the yeah, half-back that's line. right. Yeah. And, like, they were tremendous. And of course, well. Daniel Glenn, the man we oh, did in stop. the interview with afterwards, uh, you know, they, they all really did, did a great job on the day, you know. Do you know what I was thinking about during the week when I talked with Daniel Glenn? Do you know who he reminded me? He reminded me of Joe Cooney. Do you know that? Yeah. He reminded me of Joe Cooney, the way he was popping the ball over the bar from all angles, from freeze. Like, like 16 points in a, in a, in a, in a county final is, is yeah. a tremendous thing. Like, we were talking earlier on Sunday about the shootout between... Daniel Glynn got 16 points, 10 from freeze, 165 or 165 and uh, 5 from play. And Owen, um, Ben McGahan got 13 points for at league and one sideline cut, a lot of freeze as well and a few from play. What a great duel, Aidan. And I, 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 I spoke about the, the duel in the sun, you know, in 1977, the shootout between Tom Watson and Jack Nicholas in the British Open at, at Turnbury. And like, the, the 2020 hurling final will be remembered as a shootout, really, between, in my opinion, uh, Daniel Glynn and Ben McGahan. Because if Ad League had won, yeah. Ben McGahan would be in the band of the match. Yeah, like, I mean, a number, a, a number of people could have got, a number of players, Played well, uh, you know, on the day as well. Like, well, I suppose from looking at the match, if you were there, it was kind of, you know, there was a few. But because Pierce has won and the quality of the, the, for, for us and the two of us were unanimous and he got man of the match, Daniel Glynn kind of did stand out. Uh, you could have picked other ones, but he was kind of head and shoulders in a, in, in a few, in, in a lot of ways, uh, on the day, you know. With, the fact that he got 14, 14 15 uh, points. Now, I know he was a free taker, but he, he took, um, not only uh, from a points point of view, like, I mean, he scored some from play and obviously some from 
for freeze, but he, he contributed to, he not only scored, but he also contributed to, and most of the, uh, the four, the, um, Harry Pierce's attacks kind of went through him as well. And, you know, he, he has that kind of peripheral vision for setting up players, uh, you know, if there's someone that's in a better, a better position for him that he just sees them and he, he lays off the pass. But, you know, he, he just always seems to be in the right place at the right time. Yeah, well, that's the great players. The great players are always in the right place at the right time. They are with the ball, is like Paul McGrath. It's just anticipation and just that skill, that ability for the great players always to be where the ball is and always to have time on the ball and make space for themselves, you know. And Daniel Glynn last Sunday, he just, you know, he just oozed class. And it's it's great for Roscommon and for Johnny Keane coming in as manager, Aidan, that we have Daniel Glynn, Ben McGahan, hopefully all the, those guys will play for Roscommon, Shane Nocton, you know, Leon Feely, Adam Finnerty, great, great players. You know, it's 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 a it's a great hopefully Roscommon will be, you know, even going from strength to strength as a hurling county again, with, with all these great great players that we saw playing for at league and um you know, for, for four roads uh, for Pierce's last Sunday and you have to add in the four roads guys, Orden, you know, Dominic's uh, Tremaine as well, uh, you know, and not to leave out, I'm, t- I'm missing Roscommon Gales. So, like, Roscommon hopefully will have a, a top team in their in their division and come the championship when that comes on in. That's it, you know, and, uh, you know, it's good to see that, the, you, you know, as, as we know, the legendary status that Four Roads have had over the years, um, you know, in in the game. And, of course, they were the supplier of many, many great players on the Roscommon County team as well. Yeah. For the hurlers, but uh, Parry Pierce's not least the great late great Mickey Kniff, uh, Aiden, Absolutely, who the cup uh, yeah. as we mentioned in the in the lead up to the game, the the cup, the county, the Champions Cup is is named after, and you know no greater tribute could you have than uh, having the cup, naming him naming the cup after him because he was such a servant to hurling and for roads and Roscommon, and uh, you know I think it was it was. Uh, well deserved and a nice, a nice tribute and a reflection on uh, Mickey Kniff because, like, he, he was a great player on the pitch, but he was also a gentleman off the pitch. Yeah, and and it's a fine cup, and it's a lovely cup. It's massive, you it know. It's actually, yeah. I just saw it there. I saw the Pierce lads going out with it after the game, and I said, "Wow!" I looked at it. It's just a beautiful trophy, lovely trophy, yeah. you know. And it's a testament to, as you said, a great man from a great club, Four Roads. You know, they're thirty-four Roscommon championships. You know, the team of Jerry O'Malley that played for them in the in the forties and fifties and sixties, Jerry O'Malley for Four Roads. So what a, what a great club. Four roads have been and are and will be again. You know they're they're yeah. tr- tremendous and very unlucky not to be in the final. You know because um, you know they only lost an extra time I think to to um, at league and I think as well Parik Mannion, the at league manager, was reading there in one of the papers that he said that they were delighted to get four roads in the semi final because he was he was reckoning it was a little it would have been a little bit easier to beat them in a semi final than in a final because like four roads be very difficult to beat them in a the final like it's like Kilkenny. Whatever about these teams, they're harder beaten in finals. You know, it's it's hard yeah. work to beat them. So that just shows the magnitude of the job that Parik Pierce has had in 1984, Aiden, to beat the great four roads, going for four in a row. And Pierce is in their final for the first time. Like it, it was, it was amazing to think that that they could compete with them, let alone beat them. So as I left, we, we were just speaking a few minutes ago. Um, it was seven points to two goals. And um, Pierce's were playing now against a very strong breeze, but their half back line of Tom Costello, Paddy Carty, and Johnny Johnston 
We're getting on top. I think Owen Costello, the captain of Pierce's, is the son of Tom Costello's um, Aidan, that played in 84. Yeah. I think Shane Sweeney might have mentioned that to me after the game, the manager. So Pierce, uh, Four Roads only got their first point of the game on the 15th minute of the second half. So 45 minutes gone, 15 to go. Tom Fallon scored a point for Four Roads uh, from a Paul Dolan pass. So that, that levelled it up 2-1 to 7 points. And then Four Roads, Aidan, missed three frees. And with nine minutes to go, um, a free from Patsy Kelly put four roads ahead for the first time in the match by 2-2 to seven points. So Pierce's hadn't scored in the second half, 21 minutes gone. So they still hadn't scored. And five minutes from the end, would you believe it, Jerry Burke got the goal for Porrick Pierce's after what the papers described, some untidy defensive work by Four Roads. So Jerry Burke, he's a man that'll go down in history for Four Roads, the man that scored the goal five minutes from the end. So that was the first and only score of the second half. And that made it 1-7 to 2-2. So it's now 10 points to 8, right, with five minutes to go. So Four Roads then laid siege to the Porrick Pierce's goal for the next five minutes, but they couldn't make any headway. They couldn't get through. Their only uh, uh, reward was a point from Paddy Dolan. And they said that Four Roads were very unlucky with a missed 65 from Frank Carty and a free from Patsy Kelly, which narrowly went wide, which was very unlucky. So, like... The, the goal from Fra- Jerry Burke set, put Pierce's two points up. Paddy Dolan got a point then, and, and then they were unlucky for Rhodes with a couple of frees and a 65. So then, Porrick Pierce, Pierce's Aiden held on in what was reported as a nail-biting finish. You can imagine. Like, it's, it's the stuff of fairy tales. Pierce is in the first ever final, and they get a goal with five minutes to go, and they're holding on and holding on, and um, Roforos get a point and they were lucky with a 65 and a free and then next thing the final whistle goes jubilation for uh, Pori Pierce's in their first ever final Aiden win their Scamman Senior Championship the, the report said that Pierce's fully deserved their victory for which they had to work extremely hard but every member of the team played a hero's part they said J- Johnny Johnston was a revelation in particular. And he got great help from Tom Costello, from uh, Pat, Paddy Carty, uh, Tony Fre- at centre-back, Tony Frehel at full-back. And then up front, Alfie Barrett, Ronnie Dooley and Aidan Dooley played a big role in Pierce's historic win. And four roads were well served by John and uh, Paul, uh, Paul Dolan, Patsy Kelly and Michael Lennon. And... Uh, but Aidan, it was, like, as I said, the stuff of dreams, the fact that Pierces had come out in the game, playing with the win, scored seven points, hit 12 wides, then immediately after halftime, four roads score a goal to bring it down to a point, then they equalise, and then they go ahead, four roads go ahead with the breeze, you know, with, with nine minutes to go. So it looks like it's all over for, usually the champions, sometimes you see in the big games, the champions just kick on then, but not in this occasion because Pierce's dug deep like they did last week and they went up the field and Jerry Burke uh, scored a goal and then four roads were unlucky. To, only Paddy Dolan got a point, but they couldn't get an equaliser in. And eventually the men from Moore, Tuck McConnell and uh, Crea held on to win their first ever uh, Roscommon Senior Championship and uh, the scores again for Pierce's were Jerry Burke got a goal Aidan Dooley got three points Ronnie Dooley got two points Alfie Barrett got a point and Tom Costello got a point each and uh, Pierce's uh, f- for four roads Paddy Dolan 
um, uh, Patsy Kelly got one one each, and then um, Tom Fallon got a point. So the the Pierce, I'll give you the Pierce, the referee in was Tommy Healy from Traman. Um, I'll give you the Pierce. I'll give you the teams. Okay. Uh, teams were Parry Pierce's and goals Tom Shocknessy. And then the full back line was D. Hogan, Tony Frehel, T. Downey, um, P. P. Carty, Paddy Carty, Tom Costello, and jo- uh, Johnny, uh, Johnny Johnston. Then Alfie Barrett and Ronnie Dooley midfield. Then L. Feely, T. Carey, A. N. Dooley, K. Dooley, M. Scott, and Jerry Burke. I think it was Mike Scott. And then the subs. T. Flynn for K. Dooley and J.J. Flynn for L. Feely. And then on the four roadside, uh, the goalie was M. Gately. Um, Maliki Gately, I'm not certain. Then Michael Lennon, S. Dowd, M. Kelly. Uh, P. Gately, uh, Frank Carty was the captain. Frank was, Carty was a great player. I remember him playing for Roscommon. He was a brilliant player. Yeah. Uh, J. Dolan. And then uh, P. P. Kelly, M. Gately midfield. Then Paddy Dolan, Tom Fallon, P. J. Morden. Uh, Paul Dolan, Frank Graham, and Jay Curley. And then F. Mullery for P.J. Moran. I think that's Frank Mullery, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but Aidan, it was a great game of hurling, and uh, Pierce's hung on to win their first ever uh, Roscommon Senior Championship in 1984. And maybe I can tell you about the next Pierce's Championship win, Aidan, briefly. It was the 87 victory with the beat Orton. Yeah, yeah. They beat Orden by one eleven to one six in a in a replay. So they did it at the second attempt. So they they captured the county hurling crown uh, for the second time at a replay final. This time in that league game, and an yeah. inter- it was an interesting feature that both contestants were dual clubs. You know, and like Seamus Clower said, said it, Shane Car- Sweeney said it after the game last week that Pierce's are a dual club. You know, football and hurling, ladies football. Ladies uh, and Camogie, everything gets fair. And that's a, fair. The, I mean, there's a case in point. I mean, they got to both finals. Oh, they got incredible. to the football final the week before, and they got to the final the last weekend as well. So they they were playing in two different finals in two two weeks in a row. So that's that proves that they're a, a dual club, you know. Because when you see a club getting to both hurling and football finals, that's a, that's a great reflection on the team, on the club. It was in, and the thing as well is that. With Pierce's, it was nearly two different squads. I think Aaron Feely was the only player on both. I looked at the program. Aaron Feely was a sub on the hurling team and he was a sub on the football team. So it wasn't like it wasn't like the four dailies were playing hurling as well, or, or you know that Daniel Glynn and Leon Feely and Adam Finnerty were on the football team. It was no crossover. So like it's it's a brilliant you know they're a magnificent club or uh, Pierce's. You know the amount of players they have and the amount of teams that they. I think Seamus Clark said that forty two teams. So you have to admire. Club and their mentors and their board that can get two teams to the senior championship finals in the same year. That is incredible. You know what I mean? For, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And like, like they won one, which was most any club in the county would would settle for one senior championship, be it hurling or football, any year. But at least they won. They were in the two finals. They won one, and their football team will be back. You know, it's it's it's. Uh, so it's, it was a great. Great for their fans that they're in, you know. But you're at the business end. You're at the cutting edge of, of all these tournaments, and you're there. You know, you're you're not just out of it after the early rounds. You're in the final, which is all a final is a great occasion for a parish or parishes. Um, win, lose, or draw it. It'll be remembered for a lifetime. You know, if the, if you win the final, great. If you lose the final, well, that's that's somebody has to lose. It's not the end of the world, especially if yeah, you put yeah. it, put in a decent performance. You know, so. 
what I mean. Like I know, you know, last Sunday in the county final, uh, you know, it was unfortunate. Like <laughs> one team has to lose, and unfortunately on Sunday, unfortunately it was um, at league. But you, you have to say, like I suppose if you go the way fortunate it is, they, they may have lost the final, but they lost it with honour. I mean. You know that they put in they put in a display and they they, um, they contributed to what was a fantastic final and we we alluded to that on, on Sunday in our, our post match commentary like when we covered when we did the the review after us you know they really did contribute to a, a fantastic game. At league were accredited they were immense their players deserve great credit without ma- without sounding and patronising no, no, like, they, they, yeah. they were they were incredible like they they like you know they they. they Looked like they were going to lose the game in, in, in regulation time, and then Ben McGahan got that great free from out the sideline. You could like, but like at least had tremendous performers on Sunday. They, they 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 came to the final and they performed. You know, there's honour in that. They lost. Yeah. They lost a great final to a great team. You know, they lost to Pierces, who were a tremendous team with great players. So at league performed. They brought a performance to the table. They didn't. You know, uh, what's the word? They didn't play a bit. Below their level, they played really, really yeah. good. They scored one eighteen, and they could have won the game. They were looking not to win the game. So, like at league, at league can go home with their heads held high. You know, they knocked out four roads. It was a very good season for them. But I think Pierce's had just too much in the end on Sunday, and it was an epic final where either team could have won. It's like, do you remember back in nineteen in two thousand and fourteen, Tipperary and Kilkenny drew in a final, and then they went to a replay, and the replay was nearly as good as the drawn game. Like there was no discredit for Tipperary losing that match; they were tremendous. And in the yeah. dra- in the drawn game, Bubbles Dryer had a, a free to to win it, and uh, it went wide. So Kilkenny won the replay, and with, remember that great hoop by. Um, the full-back, uh, J.J. Delaney and Seamus Callanan, you know, in the first half, which, which was a big turn-up point of the game. So there's there's no there's no disgrace. When you lose a final by playing brilliantly, as that league did last Sunday, they can, yeah. they can look back with honour and pride in the way that they performed in that final. They were outstanding. Like they, they were they'll outstanding. be back again oh. as well, because, like, I mean, they're, they're such a fantastic team and they've, they're great hurlers throughout the team, so no doubt they'll be back again. Like They'll be there or thereabouts in the, in the coming years. It won't be their last final. They were outstanding. It was, it was, it was an outstanding yeah. final for me, the scoring level on both sides. And, you know, at league, as I said, I know I made the point that they were, they were outstanding. So, But in, back in 87, um, the referee was Michael Fahey, of Roscommon Gales, whom, whose father was JJ Fahey, the Fahey Cup, great. He was the secretary of Roscommon County Board as well, Michael Fahey, as was his dad. Um, there was 2,000 people at the game, Aidan, and uh, yeah. the, 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 there wasn't a cloud in the sky and there wasn't a breeze, and the, the, the fans were entertained by the Tubber Clare Band, uh, which was the band at the time. So there was no, the Cassidy Pipe Band didn't get this job that day. It was a Trouble Clear band according to the to the, the reports. But Orden were the first to break away. Uh, but the attack was well uh, broken up by or um Pierce's Tom Costello, who picked pucked out to Aidan Dooley uh, and Mike Scott was on the receiving end of the pass and he was penalised for running too far. But you know, Pori Pierce's um you know they were they were the dominant team in the replay. You know they they won the game by one eleven to one six, and um, like as the man says, they 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 learned from the first game. You know they had Johnny Johnston was a rock 
on which Orden, the Orden attack floundered, you know, and uh, he was played, of course, in 84. Tony Frehel as well. Adrian Kelly was a top player for for, um, Pierce, for Orden, and he scored their first point after five minutes. So um, Pierce's shooting early on wasn't wasn't as good as it might have been. But, yeah. uh, but um, Harry Crowley scored for Orden on the 12th minute, uh, with a good point, and then Pierce replied with a score by Aidan Dooley, uh, and that was from a free after a foul on Alfie Barrett. So the sides were level on 17 minutes, Aidan, um, and that saw Tony Frehel point from a placed ball to leave the, the teams on level terms, you know. But then the, the men from Moore, Tuck McConnell, and Korea continued to attack, and a good run um, from Thomas Flynn ended with a scoring opportunity as well. So Orden's uh, Pori Keenan was playing well. And uh, Seamus Mitchell, he was an Orden player as well. He 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 pushed Orden back in the lead after 21 minutes. Um, then a sideline cut by Pierce saw Orden goalie Winston Depena. He played goals for Scotland for years, batting the ball out in front of the goal uh, where it was collected, and Pierce's went back in front with a point. So Pierce's were on top at this stage in the middle of the field, um, and their half back line was also good of Jerry Bracken, Johnny Johnston. And Porrick Dooley, and they had contained Porrick Keenan, Harry Crowley, and Michael Lennon on the Orden side. So, I'd like the 84 final. Pierce has wasted some good opportunities in the first half, shooting no fewer than 10 wides, would you believe? Isn't it funny, too? The 84 final, they hit 12 wides, and the 87 final in the first half, they hit 10 wides. And then Orden were much less wasteful with only four wides in the first half, but they didn't have the same amount of possession. So the, the restart, the second half saw Pierce's look fit, sharp, eager and businesslike and Tony Frehel had the ball in the net after an Alfie Barrett pass after the four, fourth minute of the second half. So Orden fought back in a great sideline cut by Seamus Mitchell went all the way to the Pierce's goal mouth where Tom Shocknessy came to the rescue by saving and coming out with the ball. However, Orden got a, a result, a free after that and Seamus Mitchell made no mistake and tapped it over the bar. So again, Tom Shocknessy was in top four maiden like he was in 1984 uh, when he got mad at the match. Um, so Pierce continued the pressure and a crossfield pass by Aidan Dooley went to Ronnie, his brother, and he sent it over the bar. This left a goal between the two teams with nine minutes uh, gone in the second half and um, the final result was still wide open, you know. So, yeah. so as it moved on then, Pierce's were beginning to get the, a grip on the exchanges, and Tom Costello at fullback and Johnny Johnston, as I said, were rock like and solid, containing Seamus Mitchell and Harry Crowley. And uh, Adrian Kelly was fouled in possession in the 12th minute, and his free was uh, sent over the bar by Seamus Mitchell. Um, and an attack by Orden, which Sean, um, was, saw Sean Fallon centre into the goal mouth. It looked dangerous, but it was well cleared by Tom Costello, who fielded it and cleared it downfield. So Tom Costello again, had, like in 84, himself and his uh, half-back line in 84 were, were brilliant, and he, he was great again in 87. So Pierce's were now beginning to edge ahead when Ronnie Dooley's long-range point left his side one seven to five points ahead in. So the order... Yeah. Orton mentors in an effort to stem the tide, they brought Seamus Mitchell to centre half forward and they sprung John Conacher from the subs bench at 15 minutes into the second half. So the play swung upfield and downfield for the next, there was like a pendulum swinging both sides for the next five uh-huh. minutes or so before Pierce's um, began to put the seal of victory on, on the final. Tony Frehel hit two points in the 20th and 22nd minute of the second half, but Orton fought back from the jaws of defeat. Brendan McDermott came in from the subs bench 
with seven minutes remaining uh, to play and Orn laid siege to the Pierce's citadel. Uh, so uh, Harry Crowley sent in the ball or the slitter to Adrian Kelly and his shot was blocked but the ball went to Mitchell and he crashed the ball to the net. So there we have the game on again. Goal for, for, for uh, Orden. Seamus Mitchell having a fine game for Orden. So then Pierce is now, they sprung Kevin Dooley into action in the closing minutes and Orden made a last ditch stand, an all out last gasp effort to pull the game out of the fire. But the fire was now a roaring hot inferno and time was ticking away. So it's it's hard enough to pull it out out of the fire, but when it gets to inferno stage, Aiden, it's a difficulty. Yeah. So it's Seamus Mitchell, um, who was on fire. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Because yeah. I suppose really that yeah. that's that's another that's another thing that uh, the final eighty four and and this year's final had uh, for Parry Pierce's as in in both finals the pendulum swung both ways yeah. throughout the game. You know. Um, yeah. You know, Parry Pierce has had their uh, purple patches throughout the games, throughout the game as did at league, and uh, it's it seems to be you know that it was the same back in '84, where four lords had their purple patches and Parry Pierce's had theirs, so it was kind of like a pendulum, as you just said, in both in both finals. But but you uh, see, so the pendulum swung both ways. But when you have two great great teams in, you know, when you have two great teams going you know, hell for leather, you know, coming up, confronting each other. Rarely, if ever, would you see one team dominate. And every team gets their period of dominance in an All-Ireland final or, you know, even any final. There's generally two good teams and generally um, both sides will get their time in the game. And that's why it's so important to make that dominance count. You know, it's like in rugby. You know, I've seen the Six Nations. It's a very, very, very uh, closely and keenly contested championship where most of the teams are on a similar par over the last few years. So like England and Ireland, Wales, to a lesser extent France, Scotland and Italy. But when you have Ireland and Wales and England um, locking horns with each other or coming up against each other, and say Ireland has dominance uh, for about 20 minutes in the first half and are camped inside the England 22. They must translate and convert that area or territory and dominance into scores. And similar in Gaelic, similar in soccer. When you're on top, you have to score because if the opposition then gets their period of dominance and they take their chances, then that's that's game over. And you see like when at League and Pierce's last week, both teams in regulation time had their opportunities and both teams took them during the game. But it was only in, in, in the last... 10 minutes of extra time that Pierce has really got on top. You know, that they really, there was a difference between the two teams. Pierce has had the, the, the substitutes coming in, like, you know, the Dara Finns there, the Donahue's, Jamie Donahue, the Pat Grehans, the younger players came in and the, that, they were back to 15 men as well. So in the last seven or eight minutes, they scored the two goals and they had their, they, they dominated the last 10 minutes of extra time and they got the two goals and that was the, that was the difference between the two teams on the day. So in this, in this instance, Aiden, Orden, like they were losing coming into the last few minutes and Seamus Mitchell, who was outstanding for Orden on the day, he had the last say on the scoreboard with a great last minute point. But the Orden fight was too little and too late. Even before the, the, the final whistle, it, it became apparent that the Pierces were going to win the cup. And uh, that, at that time, Aidan, the cup was known as the Conlon Cup. So it's now the Mickey Conniff Cup, but prior to the Mickey Conniff Cup, I think that came in in 2004, but prior to that it was called the Conlon Cup. 
So the Conlon, yeah. the Conlon Cup was presented in 1987 to Pierce's for the second time. So while Orton had knocked um, the, t- the title sideways in a member of drawn game a few weeks previously, on Sunday, the Midrash Common Hurlers had no answer to the power-packed last quarter by the men from Moore, Tuck McConnell and Korea. And it's similar to the uh, last week's final because like Orton, just in the last quarter, fell short. And it was the last 10 minutes of extra time that that league fell short. So in the yeah. first in the first half, Orden had matched um, Pierce score by score and puck by puck, and in that period, the midfield of Adrian Kelly and Matty White had some great moments up against Alfie Barrett and Ronnie Dooley. However, the second half was a different story with the Pierce's midfielders Ronnie Dooley and uh, Alfie Barrett winning a lot more of the ball and laying a, a good supply to their attack. And we spoke just previously about midfield being the heartbeat of the team. You dominate midfield, that means you have possession, more possession. More possession means more supply for your forwards. The more supply your forwards have, the greater chances they have at converting that into scores. So yeah. it, 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 it told in 87 that the Pierce's midfield got on top with Ronnie Dooley and Alfie Barrett in the second half and they made it pay. They, they converted it into scores. So it ended 1-11 to 1-6 in favour of Pierce's, their second championship victory. And Pierce's had outstanding performances from the man of the match in 87, who was Johnny Johnston. Uh, Tom Costello was outstanding again, as was Parik Dooley, Alfie Barrett, Ronnie Dooley, Aidan Dooley and Tony Frehel and Tom Shockness, the goalkeeper. So the same guys, Aidan, who were top players for um, Pierce's in 84, did the business for them again in 87. That's right. Yeah. And, and uh, I suppose really in finals too, you have to be, you know, the wind can play a, play a part too. So I suppose, you know, when you're the captain, you have to kind of assess whether you're going to go in the uh, whether you're going to go with the win in the first half or not because I suppose really when you start off you know in the first half with the wind you kind of have to make a count in the first half because you know when it comes to the second half then the other team are going to have the advantage in the second half so it's how you you, you need to make a count really you know and that that can happen in finals yeah I, and, and as well Aiden, I sometimes it, it like I every coach or every player has a philosophy of whether to play with or against the breeze in the first half. And my belief has always been to play with the breeze. If you win the toss, play with the breeze. Because, like, if you're forward, you'd get the possession. Like, a top, a strong breeze is worth, you know, it's worth seven or eight points, you, you know, and you have to get it. But if you can if you can get a lead of maybe eight, nine, ten points in the first half, it's a lot, yeah. easy, it's a lot easier to hold on to that lead than to, to try and chisel away at it or chip away at it. I, I always found it. I've, I've seen a couple of games... Uh, I remember playing one relegation playoff for my own club here at home in 2010. We played um, Shannon Gales Intermediate Championship relegation playoff down in Kilmore. I was playing the goals and we played with a storm in the first half and our forwards played pretty well. And we led at half time by nine points to one in. You know, it was yeah. really that storm of a breeze. But in the second half, Shannon Gales owned the ball and they were very good. But we held on to win by nine points to eight. We didn't score in the second half. You know, we, we, but we held on. That eight point cushion was just enough. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. I, I always found it's easier to hang on to a nine, ten point lead than try to face it in the second half. You know, it's, that's my philosophy. Other managers say, well, if we contain a team in the first half and keep their score down, then we can capitalize in the second half with the breeze. And that's fair enough. But if, if, if a team gets a 10, 11 point lead, then they can slow the game down. You see, they can time waste, they go down with cramp, they go down with injury, they can break up the rhythm of the game. And particularly now, Aiden, I think it's a disadvantage to play against the breeze in the first half because if you get a good, if a team gets a good score in the first half with the breeze, 
the water break disruption in the second half breaks up the rhythm of matches. And you can see the, you see there, uh, so often now with the water break in the second half disrupts a rhythm. I was watching the Carlton County final last week and there was, um, it was ended up in a draw between Kings Court and Crusher Lock. But in the first half, um, Crusher, uh, Crusher Lock were playing really, really well. You know, they got one five or six to a point and then the water break came. And then when the water break came in the first half, after the water break, they weren't able to get back into the flow of their game and their rhythm. So that's just my opinion. I know everybody, it's, again, it's a subjective opinion. Everybody yeah. has their own opinion. So it's just my view on it. I'm only throwing it out there for the sake of this discussion. And I'm sure yeah. the listeners will have their own view. You could nearly have a, a vote on it and you could have half and half. But I think, I think personally, the majority would, would play with the breeze. I think that's my feeling of it, that the majority would still take the breeze in the, in the first half. But uh, Pierce has played with the breeze in 84, Aiden, and they got a seven points to one lead and they were able to hold on to it. You know, all right, they got the, the goal in the second half, but the confidence they had from being six points up at half time was great. They were still in the game at the business end, whereas maybe if four roads got the breeze in the first half in 84, they could have been two six or two seven to a point up and it'd be very difficult for, for Pierce yeah. to come back into the game. But I think the toss and, and selection of play with or against the breeze is so important. But in Hurling, it's a different dynamic because a 10 point lead Again, with the breeze, you know, it's, it's not that big of a lead really, you know, when you have two good teams, because that can be, you know, a score, scores come a lot quicker in Hurland than they do in Gaelic football. So it's, yeah. it's a different story, but, but anyway, just to finish off, the second half, Pierce's midfield were winning a lot more ball, laying it good supply into their attack. And, uh, the, as I mentioned, uh, I mentioned before, I stopped there. Johnny Johnston was the man of the match. Tom Costello, Parik Dooley, Alfie Barrett, Ronnie Dooley, Aidan Dooley, Tony Frehel and Tom Shocknessy again with the top players, just like in 84. And Orden had great performers in the goalkeeper Winston Depina, Michael Hussey, Adrian Kelly, Parik Keenan, Seamus Mitchell and Michael Lennon. And uh, I'll give you the two teams, Aidan. Uh, Parik Pierce's team was Tom Shocknessy goals, Sean Daly, Tom Costello and Paddy Carty in the full back line. Jerry Bracken, Johnny Johnston, Parik Dooley in the half back line. Alfie Barrett was captain, midfield with Ronnie Dooley. Then you had Tom Carey, Aidan Dooley and Mike Scott. And then Tony Flynn, Tony Frehel and Thomas Flynn, the full forward line. Subs were Jerry Maguire and Kevin Dooley. Now, T- Tony Frehel was full back in 84, but he was full forward in 87. Then Orden, Aidan, had uh, yeah. Winston, Winston Deppin in goals, Michael Hosey, Michael Conacher and Eric Keegan. Martin Joe Moylet, Tommy Ryan and Pori Kelly. Then they had Matty White, Adrian Kelly, Pori Keenan, who was captain, Harry Crowley, Michael Lennon, Seamus Lennon, Seamus Mitchell and Sean Fallon. The subs were John Conacher and Brendan McDermott. So Seamus Mitchell had a great game for them. You know, he scored a lot. And of course, Aidan, we, we were talking earlier about, or before, about Orden. Michael Kelly came from Ballygar, he was a teacher, and he brought Hurland into Orden in the 60s. And Orden only had to wait two more years in to win their first ever senior championship in 1989, which is brilliant. Like, And I think they've won four since that, four or five. I think the last coming in, in 2016. So, like, they're a great club as well, Orden, and like, like, like Pierce's, they had two teams in championship finals in Hurling, uh, like, well, they hadn't got two teams in the finals this year, but they had their football team in intermediate championship final, which, which was, which was a great team as well. So, uh, you know, in, I suppose this week is all about, in Roscommon Hurling, this week is all about Parry Pierce's, the brilliant yeah. victory they had in the county final last Sunday in Hyde Park against that league, you know, inspired by the Shane Nockins, Cahill Kellys, Adam Finnerty, Leon Feely, David Dolan, Daniel Glynn, you know, Matthew Comerford, you know, Tom Co- Owen Costello, you know, they, they had a great, great performance. 
and uh, Dara Finn came in in extra time and walloped in that brilliant goal, you know, that, that really was the insurance score. Once that goal went in, you know, it, it put six or seven points between the two teams and it made sure that the Mickey Cunniff Cup was going down to, to Woodmount as opposed to at league. And uh, in 84 then, history was made in Roscommon when Porrick Pierce, for the first time ever in, in Roscommon, hurling history, Porrick Pierce's, our southernmost uh, club, won the Roscommon Senior Hurling Championship for the first time in the centenary year, which was a tremendous achievement in their first year really playing in the, in the, in the championship. And then they replicated that in 1987, Aidan. And of course, yeah. they won it in 2017 when Shane Sweeney was playing the current manager. You know, Michael Dunne, who was the, was the, was the captain in, in, in 17, he scored a great point last Sunday at a vital stage for Pierce. He had a great game, Michael Dunne. And uh, then they won this year as well, captained by, by Owen Costello and uh, Paul Dolan. So, like, uh, just to pay tribute to the Porrick Pierce's, Aidan, you know, there are four championship victories now in Roscommon and we're just here tonight just uh, uh, in this podcast paying tribute to the club and what they achieved back in, in the 80s and what they've achieved now in, in 2020. Yes, it was, um, you know, and, and of course it has to be said that we were we were, we were privileged to uh, have been able to cover the uh, cover the match last Sunday and, you know, as I've said, uh, as, as I said on the day and uh, to yourself, like uh, after the game, off air, like you know, it was the the game had everything, and uh, you know the quality. It was one of the best games, one of the best county finals I'd say I've seen in a couple, quite a few years, you know. And uh, you know that the game had everything. I mean, you know, a special hurler like Daniel Glynn. But there, there, there was a, a, you know, everyone everyone stood up to the plate on both teams. You have to say, you know, to. For, for for most of the game, but it's like, do you remember at the end before we it started into extra time? Remember we were saying uh, that extra time is usually the period period when uh, players go down with 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 cramp, and I suppose the players have put in so much into normal time into the first seventy minutes that you know when it went into extra time, you you know it was getting more difficult, and I suppose it came down to kind of. One or other teams making making kind of mistakes due to tiredness or or one reason or another, but you know overall in normal time and in extra time it was a fantastic final. Brilliant final. There's a privilege. You said I, I agree with you. It was a privilege to be there and to see an ep- what I would you know there are games you can call an epic and that was an epic like two twenty two to one eighteen after extra time and it was really only last the last five or six minutes that 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 Pierce has pulled away. And they, they were able to inject new players into the team that made a difference. You know, like um, Patrick Grant came on, Jamie Donahue came on, Dara Finn came on in extra time. And they all played well. They all did. They all had an impact on the game, you know, in extra time. And it uh, just shows that the bench is so important. Now, that's not to take away from the the um, subs for, for, for um, at league. Like Robbie Fallon came in and scored a goal for, for at league. He subbed Dara Heavey, played well. Thomas Clayton got a lot of good possession. Eamon Bannon came on later on, you know, and JP Murray came on later on as well. But but the subs did play well on both sides, and you know, credit Robbie Fallon for that goal. But you go through the Pierce's team, you know, Porrick Dolan, the keeper, did nothing. Well, I suppose the goal that 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 um, that, that uh, at Lee got, like, was a long ball in from Cormac Kelly, and Robbie Fallon got the flick. So once once the flick was put on the ball, it's very difficult for the goalkeeper to, to stop it. Like, and, um, so Porrick Dolan did well. Ben Fallon uh, did okay. Paul Dolan played well. David Dolan 
played well for Pierce as the game wore on, even, you know. In the half-back line of uh, Owen Costello, Shane Nocton, and Magic Comerford were very strong. Shane Nocton, in particular, was, was a rock for, for Pierce's. Then Luke Corbett got sent off. Carl Feely worked hard. But the forwards for Pierce's, like Michael Donoghue, Daniel Glynn, Oshin Kelly. Oshin Kelly got the goal in extra time. Leon Feely, Carl Kelly and Adam Finnerty. They're all excellent. You know, they really were good. Uh, through a winning, one thing I admire Aiden, they were winning primary possession. They were able to fight for their own ball, especially when Pierce's were down to 14 men and had only one man up front, like as a target man. Adam Finnerty won brilliant ball, maybe surrounded by two players. You know, Adam Finnerty and Leon Feely, they were able to win their own possession and take the pressure yeah. off, take the pressure off the Pierce's defence. You know, because if you play a ball up and somebody's able to win it, in, in hurling or football or even in soccer, if your attack is able to hold up, win the ball and hold it up and wait for support, it takes so much of your pressure off the defence. And then Cahill Kelly without midfield for, for Pierce's after sending off and did really well. So I, I would give great credit to, uh, personally, this is my personal opinion, to Adam Feely, uh, Adam Finnerty and, and Leon Feely. I thought they were really, really good, Aiden. In the second half of the game, when the 14 men um, had to uh, win the ball up top, they foraged and fought for possession really, really well and won possession and won freeze as well. So they were they were really good. And uh, so on the athlete side, David Connell played great. He made a couple of brilliant saves, uh, did David Connell. Tom Bannon had a brilliant game as the game wore on as well. He won a lot of possession and a great battle with, with uh, Adam Finnerty. Uh, David Delaney did okay. Pat Nolan had a great game. He won a lot of possession, Aiden. He's a great reader of the game. He's got great experience, I suppose. Then Nisha Coyle, Nye Connolly, was a, was a rock for, for, for at league at centre half back. Alan Moore played well. Stephen Kilcummins, Cormac Kelly battled hard in middle field. And then Owen, Owen, like it's debatable whether Robbie Fallon got the goal or, or Cormac Kelly. If Robbie Fallon got the flick, he got the goal. But if it didn't, it went in off Cormac Kelly's long delivery. So Owen Coyle battled hard, so did Gary Fallon and Kean Murray. And then Ben McGahan was outstanding. 13 points in and 11 frees. One sideline cut at 165. Eamon Flanagan also was outstanding. Full forward, he got four points. He got three frees. And the first one was a long free from, from way out the field. And then David Flaherty up top of the left. So Aidan, it was an epic final last Sunday with Pierce's prevailing by 222 to 116. But tonight, we go back and just pay tribute to the Pierce's team of 84 that won the championship for the first time. And then they uh, regained it in 87 uh, by beating uh, Orton. That's it. And of course, uh, another point too, I suppose, is, you know, the two Pierce's goals that were, uh, made, uh, that, that were scored as well. They scored them at, uh, key points in extra time as well, you know, and maybe it might have looked that it was going like that. I suppose that league were coming back. They scored, they scored them at key times, didn't they? They did, and extra time can take on a dynamic of its own. You know, where, where it's, it's a new game, you're allowed to go back to 15 aside, you know, Pierce is able to bring in an extra man in place of Luke Corbett. So, extra time, Pierce's were on top. They brought in players that made a difference, like Jamie Donahue made a difference, um, Dara Finn scored the great goal. You know, Patrick Rehan battled as well. So, the subs they brought in extra time, uh, helped them a lot. And, you know, they, they just had that edge towards the last seven or eight minutes. But it was in the mix right up to the last five minutes. You know, there was nobody. It was only when Dara Finn got that goal that put seven between them that the game was over as a contest. And that was only about three or four minutes to go. So it was an epic encounter, brilliant final. Anyone that was there, I'd say, from a neutral point of view, uh, would have enjoyed it. It was tremendous spectacle. 
great advertisement for Roscommon Hurling. And it's nice to see Pierce's win again because, like as I said, at league have 24 titles. Frank Four Roads have, I think, at league have 19. Roscommon Gales have 24, or St. Coleman's going back previously. Then you had um, Four Roads on, on um, 34. Orton have four or five, you know, Dominic's have four or five as well, I think. But then St. Patrick's going back, back to the, back to the early days of the GA, they have a lot more in the 40s and that. But, um, I, I think it's great, Aidan, that Pierce has won last week again. It's great for Hurland that Pierce's have, have, you know, made another, people refer to as their second breakthrough. The first breakthrough came in, 80, in the 80s and their second breakthrough came in 17 and they've, you know they've they've come back now and, and won the the championship this year, which is great for Hurling and Roscommon. And that league, no doubt, will be back. They're a traditional team, great club, and uh, they won in eighteen. They in fact beat Pierce's in two finals in two thousand and six and two thousand and seven. And Mervyn Connachton yeah. was the, Mervyn was the captain in 06 and Ivan was the captain in 07. So it's 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 just the way the swings and roundabouts of 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 Hurling that. At league had their time back in in the noughties when they beat Pier- Pierce's, and now it was Pierce's time last Sunday to beat to beat at league. Yeah, I think it's you know with with, with clubs as well, it kind of comes in cycles. You, you know, you win maybe a couple of ti- a couple of a couple of titles in we say five to ten years or something, and then players kind of going to retire. You know, because I suppose the intensity of the modern game. I suppose players don't, can't play as long as they, you know, like we say back in the 90s, I suppose players could, um, you know, you know, they'd play for 20 years, like, uh, 50, 10, 15 years of a career at, uh, at senior, at senior hurling or intermediate hurling, like in adult hurling. But I suppose there's so many, there's so much extra now the players have to do because it's gone so scientific training wise. You, you know, it's not a case of like that you just turn up, you just do training three times a week, uh, a group tra- collectively and then a game at the weekend. When you're not training collectively with the team, you have to do your own work. You're going to the gym in the morning before you go to work. Uh, you have to watch your diet. There's so many other things. And I suppose as a result, with, with all that, like I know, you know, we've, we've often said that the, the, when you love the game, you don't mind doing it. But I suppose some players, you know, you know, as, as you get on, then you know, you, you you meet someone, you have kids, you know, you have a family and and different things, and priorities change or whatever due to work or college or whatever. So I mean, you know, there's that into it too. You know, so I suppose. You know, there's that into it as well, isn't there? Absolutely, Aidan. Um, hurling and football at the highest level of club um, championship in, in most counties now um, is nearly a, not too far off the county scene. You know, because you have a weights programme, you've got nutrition, you've got the science, sports science is involved uh, with, you know, people's times and people's, you know, their impact in games can be monitored now as well at club level. So it's 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 we're in the scientific age of sport it's it's sport is no longer sport in its normal sense of being sport is fun recreation enjoyment a bit of relaxation but sport has 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 evolved it's been a paradigm shift in 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 the meaning of what sport is all about i think at, at in the ga and a lot of a lot of sports in the sense that it's competition now it's not sport sport is like for fun and for enjoyment and for 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 playing a game whereas whereas now it's so in, when you when you push 
the ingredients of of, of uh, serious time commitment, intensity, mental strain as well. Because these games, it's it's so much it's as much a mental strain as a physical strain in in, in, in the top level of sport. And so many times you see in in, in teams that lose a kind of championship and have to go and play a qualifier the Sunday after or the Saturday after, they're not able because it's a mental thing, and it's it, it, it's so mentally draining to play a sport at the highest level. As I read, well, physically I, I, as well, because there's very yeah. little time for recovering as well. That's the thing, and mentally, your your, your mind has to be on this game 100, percent and your mind has to go on the game, not the day of the game. Your mind has to be on the game, you know, the week in advance. Every everything is on on the game. So, play sport is a stresses as well, and at the at the highest level of county sport. But it's no different at these level. These lads in, in club hurling and club football and Roscommon that the, the cutting edge. You know, they've they've. It's a stressful situation to be in a county final, and it's it's only when the game is over that the relief is there and and the pressure is off them and they can celebrate. But it's intense. Intensity is the word I'm looking for. It's intense. Yeah. It's a stressful. And back 25, 20, 30 years ago, that level of of sort of engagement. Um, or involvement by individuals at club level wasn't the same. You know, I see yeah. now my own club now. I'm, I, I, I look at it like 30 years ago when I started going out kicking the ball around, as a, you know, with the lads as a youngster with the senior team. Everybody was invited nearly to play in the club that wanted to go out and train. You know, you can go from 15 to 45. And tra- training was on and anybody could go to it. And I think that was similar for a lot of clubs like ourselves that there was the field was there and if the training was on it was like a, a community thing that the team was there and everybody would out you know not not everybody but say players that were coming young younger players or older players everybody could uh, train but now even at club level you have to find panels you have to find squad define squads the squad trains that's it it's serious stuff and it's not like it was back 20 years ago as as I, I just alluded to so uh, players have so much more to give in terms of the time commitment they're given of themselves in terms of weights program, you know, training programs, and the factor in then you have COVID and everything else. And this year particularly, it's it was it was a very difficult uh, championship for for um, all of the players that participated in all the championships. But credit the county board for running off a, what I felt was a brilliant club football and hurling championship in Roscommon in 2020. Most yeah, well organised, well run, and I mean, the, the way we were trained, the way like the help we got in the hide and in, in all the games that we, that we covered um so far like you know we, we 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 you know we were well we were we got some great help and great appreciation and you know it's it, it was nice to see that you know Hugh Lane as well and we, we were a couple of weeks ago we were giving great praise to the quality of the program and of course uh you know Hugh Lane was very helpful Brian Carroll everyone that we met yeah. Well, we were covering the games throughout the throughout the season since we since that very first game back in uh, in Bally League uh, between between uh, St Folias and Craig's. You know, it's just it's been an epic journey, and yeah. uh, you know there, there's many there's many games to come as well. Hopefully, hopefully, and yeah, and I, I echo everything you said there. So, Aidan, that's that's the situation this week. Just to pay tribute to the Pierce's team that made the breakthrough in the eighties. You know that 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 uh, like every every club. Um, um, has has players, and they're we're all standing on the shoulders of giants, you know. And Paddy O'Shea, the late Paddy O'Shea, I saw a program on on TV one night where he said that it's always important for uh, young players to have people to look up to, you know, role yeah. models, people that are people that have achieved in the past, and 
the Pierce's guys of the modern era, the 2017-2020 team, who are phenomenal players in, in their own right, they've achieved their own success. But I've no doubt that they would have been looking back in history and saying, look at the team of 84 and 87 what they achieved yeah. and if they can go and achieve it we can go and achieve it so they're standing on, on, on the shoulders of those teams from 84 and 87 the first Parry Pierce's team to make the breakthrough in the Roscommon Senior Hurling Championship and the second coming if you like of Parry Pierce's is on we're, we're witnessing it now and it was brilliant to witness it last Sunday and bring on the season 2020 21 and, uh, and I'm looking forward to the Roscommon Hurling Championship in 21 I'd say it'd be great you know you have Pierce's again you're going to have uh, um, you know, four roads will want to have a big say again. They want to come back next year as well. So it'd be interesting to see if, uh, how at league respond. And then you have Dominic's and Treman. It'd be nice to see Treman get back up to the top table as well. They haven't been in the final, but they haven't won I think since '96. And so they're a great club as well. Like you know, so it would be nice to see um, Treman back. And I think we spoke during the commentary last week that Treman. Uh, won the, the Connacht Club Championship in 1976. They beat uh, they beat um, Kilimer Daly in the final, which was which is uh, brilliant for them as well. The top Galway teams, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the team of Connor Hayes, I think, wasn't it? Kilimer Daly right, and Ian yeah. Ryan, Kilimer Daly. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they won the All Ireland Club Championship in the 80s. I think they beat Cashel. If I'm not mistaken, but but. Um, but Aidan, it was great to look back at the Pierce's team of 84 and 87, to learn a bit more about them, to see how both games went in 84 and 87 and how they made that great breakthrough, which I've no doubt helped and inspired uh, the team that we saw in red and white uh, bring the Mickey Kniff Cup home with them last Sunday evening. That's it, and of course we'd like to we'd like to say well done to uh, the hurlers, and I suppose every, everyone involved in Pierce's in Parry Pierce's J Club as a whole that made it possible for them to win it. So, and we'd like to wish all the all the clubs. We'd like to say well done to all the clubs for uh, providing. Uh, the supporters with, with some great action this season despite all the difficulties and of course uh, we'd like to wish all the teams the best of luck for, for next season so listen thanks very much and uh, you know it was a pleasure as always we, we all, the two of us enjoy doing Roscom and GA memories and we look forward to doing uh, next week's show then ok see you now bye bye thank you no problem. that's great and that was uh, former Roscom goalkeeper Ray Lennon